We should really record these parts and post these too. I like that idea. Just yeah, really? Yeah, like where we're just like <laughs> bullshitting and just talking. I might put that like at the end or something. Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Noah Downs. How are you doing, Noah? Oh, wait, that's me. Uh, hey, and I'm here with Luke. How are you doing, Luke? I am doing great. It's yeah, so I ask you, but nice. it sounds like you're doing fine. Yeah, it sounds so, it's so nice to actually talk to you in person when this is recording, and it's not going to get lost, <laughs> and so we won't have to patch a podcast together. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Yeah, yeah. We will still be pa- patching a podcast together, but we're going to do from now on, instead of recording, you know, just like an hour's worth of us talking only to find that it didn't record. We're going to record this thing in segments, guys. Oh, um, man. That way you get the best content possible. <laughs> Who would have yeah, thought? That sounds good. Yeah. So anyways, well, did you have a good week? Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a great week. Yeah, you? yeah. How did, how, how did week one go for you in terms of fantasy? Oh, in terms of fantasy, I think final tally I went 62%. That's you know that's pretty good. Sixty-two yeah. percent is more than more than not sixty-two percent. Yeah, I'll take it. I, I got a, I got a couple of I, I I lost a couple of close ones too, so it could have been higher. Yeah. And uh, I hit the waivers pretty hard, so uh, ready to uh, lock and you know reload and go. I'll tell you, I um I went eight and seven um out of my fifteen, and the uh and I'll the Keenan Keenan going down, bless his heart, he killed me. Um. Yes. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 sad, you know. Unless you have a keeper prospect in your redraft, he gone. But in dynasty, buy low, buy low. This will be the second year that that uh, owner has probably suffered through no Keenan, and uh, he had a freak injury last year, and this is just an ACL tear that he can easily come back from. Bye, 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 bye. Exactly. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would buy, buy, buy. Keenan, not say goodbye to him, but buy him. Um, and I totally agree. And in the meantime, Tyrell Williams is looking like a good pickup, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. So, Luke, let's do our first segment, and let's have it be a recap of our listeners league. As everyone out there, all you listeners, remember, we do have a listeners league. Um, <laughs> although the, the oh, draft boy. itself did succumb to one of our technical difficulty days. Um, but yeah, it started Luke, it all. Yeah, right. So, Luke, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about how this Listener's League went. All right. So, finally, after uh, after many, many episodes that are not going to air, we can discuss this league. Um, I, uh, in the first game, real quick, uh, I was up against uh, Scott, and Scott beat me handily, 160 to 119. Well, you should do better. Oh, I, well, I should. Well, the reason why I didn't do better is because my first two rounds of picks, actually my first three rounds of picks, were rather uh, rather porous for me. Obviously, Jamal Charles is out as of right now, and it looks like he's going to be out for week two as well. But uh, Gurley did nothing for me, and uh, Sammy Watkins, you know, the foot thing again. <laughs> so, yeah, wonderful. Then... Uh, and but, close, of course, to, to be fair, though, Scott had the highest score in the league. For oh, the week. absolutely. You know, yeah, he, he was the world crusher this week, not taking anything away from that. I'm just telling you why my team oh, yeah. <laughs> bit the bullet on that one. <laughs> uh, 
Dr. Mike against Don was a rather close game. Don snuck away with a 119.5 to 116.5 win. So that yeah, was kind of good he for them. that one out. Uh, after that, Brian um, uh, took it to task for uh, t- took it to task for Mark. Mark had 101. Brian had 133.5. But the thing is, like Brian is already going to lose this league because his team name is Dion Lewis is an RB one. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if he. I wonder if Lewis is even going to come back this year. Don't tell me that. I've That's... stashed him on so many IR slots. Well, I mean, I have two, but you know the difference between <laughs> the two of us is all the IR stashes I have them on are on Dynasty leagues. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, let's see. Okay, so we have uh, JoJo taking it to uh, Johnny one thirty-eight uh, to one one. Hold on, I lost you there. Yeah, uh, we have Goya. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, so I think I lost you when you were talking about what Jojo, how JoJo won. JoJo beat. Uh, Johnny, uh, Joe, 138.5 yep. to 111.5. Yes. Cool. And then, uh, and then Goya uh, was uh, 149.5 against Robert, which was uh, 70.5. Yeah, come on. Super fans fighting each other. I Robert, know. Robert, what happened, buddy? Oh, we've been, we've been, we've been talking. He's, uh, he's working the Weaver wear as we speak. Good. <laughs> Good. And then, uh, writing, is he writing us at intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com? He absolutely is. Good man. <laughs> and then uh finally you sir uh, I'm, I'm a wiener yeah you are you are you beat dj 140.5 to 110 and you know honestly i i didn't do it on i did it on the wings of uh andrew luck and antonio brown um yeah well, andrew luck was amazing he started out pretty slow though yeah he did and i'll tell you he he really made up my boy tyrod friend of the podcast tyrod man tyrod buddy that Buffalo O-line was not going to let you stand up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about him, Luke. So like, seriously, like... Oh, no, I know. These next three weeks, I mean, it's... I believe if I read it correctly, it was Jets, New England, and uh, Arizona. <laughs> so, They're going to live in that backfield. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, I, I, it's not going to be a time. I'm, I'm going... i got to be honest. With, with Tyrod, I... In my redraft leagues for these next three weeks, I'm seriously looking at the waiver wire just to get him through it. Um, and at least in this league, I'm probably going to start Flacco over um, Tyrod this week. Oh yeah, uh, I think so too. Now, but we will talk about Flacco in a little bit here. Um, I am not as high on him, I think, as you are. But to be fair, I don't even have Tyrod ranked this week. Yeah, well, that's because you're a jerk face. Um, well, <laughs> friend of the podcast, Tyrod Taylor. But yeah, so all in all. Um, our, our, after one week, I mean, that's as, as much analysis as we can get into for one week. Right. Um, listeners league, you can really tell, you know, yeah, this first week was just a bizarre in terms of incredible performances versus, you know, people that we've relied on for years, not showing up. Um, yeah, yeah well, I, it... It's it was pers- for speaking personally, it was my own undoing. I knew Charles was a risk going in, and by grabbing him at that point, I thought was you know pretty good. But the girly one kind of surprised me because I mean last year they didn't have much of an offense, but he seemed to be able to uh, uh, you know move the ball and everything. So well, maybe it was just going against San yeah, Fran, but we'll see. The thing about Gurley is just like, I mean, he didn't get any run going against that vaunted San Francisco defense. Yeah, I know. You know, well, 
I don't know. But then again, that 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 Rams defense, which is like actually good, like Mm -hmm. on paper, that Rams defense is baller. Uh, They didn't get anything going against San Francisco's offense. I know, which is so weird because I mean, Case Keenum put up like a negative fifty QBR. I mean that (laughs) that was it was crazy bad how how bad he was. I don't even think he. I don't even think he got a point in fantasy. Actually, we can look. Hold on one second. Yeah, let's um, look up and see how many points. Let me look real quick. Um, it was awful. Him, Jesus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, while, while I'm looking this up, uh, <laughs> how, how soon do you think it'll be before golf starts? Oh, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they're uh, the, the two weeks from now. They'll give, them, they'll give them a bye this week and everything to kind of get them acclimated because, I mean, everybody watched. Everybody who watched uh, uh, Hard Knocks on HBO knows that uh, – he works hard, but it you know but it, he has to learn it the hard way. All right, here's here is uh, Case Keenum. He had 130 passing yards, which got him five points. Mm-hmm. He had two interceptions thrown, which took away four points, and then he had 10 rushing yards on three attempts, which gave him one point for a total <laughs> of two points. All right, I apologize. He did get two points. You know who's who he's going <laughs> up against this week? Uh, who's that? Seattle. Yep. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, Chase Keenum, buddy, you you should put extra padding in your helmet this week. Yeah, well, I mean, come on, protect all the little girly. Girly, that's why I have girly so low in my rankings. Yeah, seriously. While while I'm here, I'm going to take um, Zach Ertz out of my starting lineup. Good call. I mean, come on. Seriously, I never thought in week two I would have Todd Gurley at 14th. <laughs> yeah, that is bizarre. I know. That is just absolutely bizarre. Anyway, so um, speaking of, that transitions us perfectly into the next segment. However, we're going to go to the next segment after this break. And we're back after that wonderful musical interlude. Um, so what at this portion, we're going to talk about some of the ranks for week two. Uh, Luke did some great rankings. You can find them on his Twitter um, in case you don't remember, Luke's Twitter handle is at intentional underscore G. Uh, they'll be on his profile, his feed. And uh, for reference, make sure you go there. In case you forget what his Twitter handle is, at intentional underscore G, it will be in the description of this podcast. So, Luke, without further ado, why don't you talk to me about your top five quarterbacks? All right, well, uh, first off, I have Cam at number one. Uh, I have uh, Drew Brees. At number two, I actually have David Carr. Or, I'm sorry, David Carr. Whole okay, yeah, show. He's, he's now an I, analyst for the NFL Network. I, I am showing my age, Derek Carr. Uh, and then I have, I have three against Atlanta, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I have Eli Manning at New Orleans, which I also feel is explanatory. And then I have Matt Ryan at Oakland. And uh, a lot of big names aren't in that list. Yeah, so let, let me ask you about some of those. So right. looking at your rankings, and obviously listeners, go to at intentional underscore G, he says for the third time. Um, <laughs> Kurt, you have Kirk Cousins at number 10 versus Dallas, which as a Redskins yes. fan, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But then as a Redskins fan, I also realized, well, you know, he didn't really show up this past week against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, and you have Blake Bortles against San Diego, Big Ben against Cincinnati and Joe Flacco against Cleveland behind Cousins at 10. Right. So why do you have Cousins so high against Dallas, um, who typically plays the skins really hard? Uh, right. Yeah, talk to me. 
All right. Well, first of all, uh, to uh, make my case for Cousins, uh, week 17, 2015, so the last game of last season, um, he went 12 for 15 for 176 yards, which is, you know, mediocre and everything. But he had three touchdowns. Uh, and then that was, you know, then I, I don't know enough. I didn't have time to see why he left the game. Uh, I'm sure it was from some form of injury. Uh, but then Colt McCoy came in and continued seven for 11 for 128 and another touchdown. Um, so Dallas, which currently has the 23rd best passer passing or worst passing defense in this league against cousins. I don't exactly see them being very, uh, threatening towards him at this time, especially since he has obvious recent, uh, history of doing well enough against them to get the points. I understand that, but I mean, you you still think he's a better play than Blake Bortles, Big Ben, or Joe Flacco? No. I mean, typically, no. I wouldn't say Joe Flacco is a top play either, but he's playing your team, right? Now, see, the thing though is this: just like I took uh, uh, Cousins and I looked at his last game that he played against that team because they're uh, you know in division rivals and whatnot, I took a look at both uh, Big Ben and Flacco to see how they played against the uh the browns the last time they played or the last time they played or last time uh, big ben played against cincinnati yeah. and uh for example you take a look at uh big ben last time he played against them was week 16 of last year he went 30 for 39 for 282 yards which is good but no touchdowns he got one interception well, i remember that that was the fantasy playoffs mm-hmm. oh man, so i remember that so i mean it, Yes, Big Ben, who right now is currently the fifth overall passer in the league, is going up against Cincinnati, who's only the they have, they have the fifteenth. You know, they're in the middle. They're fifteenth against the pass right now. Right. Uh, but you know, looking at the game and everything, besides Antonio Brown, the emergence, I guess, of Eli Rogers last week, and then uh, D. Will and Marcus Wheaton, is he going to make a difference? You know, so for me, I feel that Cousins gets ahead of him and then you go to Flacco who is uh tied for 22nd and ranking along with Cousins uh Cleveland actually has a slightly better uh pass defense at 21 and then if you go back to the last time that Flacco actually played him or played in Cleveland uh, against Cleveland I should say it was week five of last year because he got hurt in the oh, season yeah. yeah and and then Cleveland um uh basically let him go 19 for 35 for 210 yards and a touchdown. It was actually four set uh, that was the uh, savior for that game. He went 21 for 121 and a touchdown. Wow. I but, don't think four sets going to do that again this year. No, no. That, and that's why four sets low on my list. He, yeah. there, it's an RBBC until Kenneth Dixon comes back for sure. So, so now talk to me about Bortles against San Diego. Yeah. Bortles against San Diego, I think, is where you got me. I, I ah. honestly, I, I do think that Bortles should go above Cousins. So um, I'm going to amend, probably swap them because I believe they're only two spots apart from each other. I believe uh, Bortles is at 12. Yeah, I would switch them um, because Bortles is doing well right now. He's not re- he's regressing slightly, but I mean, come on, compared to last year, he's going to well, regress. He, he had to regress right. from last year because if they're going to become a winning team, he has to regress. Right, but I mean, you know, I mean, Alex Smith did pretty good <laughs> against San Diego last week. So I have no reason to say that uh, Bortles won't 
Um, so you got me there. Yeah, that's right. All right, so let's move on to running backs. Um, tell me your top five running backs. All right, so I got David Johnson at number one against Tampa Bay. What? I'm kidding. Oh, I was going to say, oh, Tampa Bay is mediocre at run right now. At least, in the according, at least according to statistics and whatnot. C.J. Anderson at number two. Uh, Lamar Miller at three. Zeke at four against Washington. I think he's going to be eating a lot. Yeah, he is. Um, and uh, Mark Ingram is my fifth at the Giants. And that's just because the Giants. I mean, you know, it's so hard to gauge <laughs> their yeah. defense. Now, let me, tell, let me ask you. My first question is, well, we just came off of Big Ben, how you ranked him a little lower versus Cincinnati, but then on your ranks, you ranked D'Angelo Williams higher against Cincinnati. So do you think Cincinnati defense is just weaker against the pass? Because well, historically, I've always thought of them as a um, just an overall good defense. Let's revisit um, uh, Big Ben's stats from their last meeting, okay? Yeah. Uh, 30 for 39 for 282 yards and interception. In that same game, D'Angelo Williams went 23 for 76, which, you know, whatever, but had two touchdowns. Oh. So he definitely had a game. Uh, and, I mean, and based on how he played last week, it's not like he, he, he did his job last week. So I think that he could have another game this week, another good game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I understand that. So that's why I have him that high. Yeah. Um, my next question is, you have Hyde in your top 20, mm-hmm. which indicates to me that you don't think last week was a fluke. Is that true? Oh, I do not think last week was a fluke. I, I, was, I was staying up late because, you know, it was the Monday night game, that, the second Monday night game. Well, it started at 10 o'clock when I'm usually going to bed. But I just wanted to, you know, try to get in a few, uh, uh, few from each side, get a few drives in to kind of, gauge what I was looking at as far as uh, the players and his one cut and runs were looking beautiful yeah they were you know I mean come on he completely made LA's defense look foolish and I mean and, and LA's got a good defense you know on paper they have you know Aaron Donald Alec Ogletree all of these guys that you know you Michael expect- Brockers just I, I just I didn't understand uh, I didn't understand it, but I'll tell you what, watching it, it was a thing of beauty. And so if he can do that against their defense, I'm he's definitely in my top twenty. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, I mean, and uh, real quick, also, think about this: uh, Carolina just let C.J. Anderson dance all over them. That's true. So uh, I of I course think, Carolina did it. I mean, yeah, Carolina. Uh, C.J. Anderson, the Denver O-line managed to kind of contain Keekly a little bit. Yeah, that's very true. And they, they, what was funny, the weakness for Carolina's defense were those uh, the 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 rookie cornerbacks and everything, and it it was quite obvious. Uh, So they may not be as lucky this time, but their running styles to me look very similar if you watch them side by side. And I I think that I think that Hyde's going to have a pretty good chance. You know, to get, he's going to do better than most. I hope so, because I'm starting him. Right. Um, starting him, too. Looking at this, now, you have Devontae Freeman at 17, but you have Tevin Coleman at 30. Um, their touch distribution and, and their snap counts were pretty equal this past week. Uh, how, how, what, talk to me a little bit about why you have them so far apart. 
basically because I feel that Atlanta going into uh, or they're playing against Oakland, what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to use their run game to take time off the clock. Yeah. Because this game right here could very easily become another shootout like we saw in New Orleans and Oakland. And if it does, I think Oakland's going to win. Really? Oh, yeah. If this becomes a shootout, if if it goes over, say, 55 points, Oakland's going to come out on top. Okay. So to stop that, to minimize the damage that can happen in the air like that, I really think they're going to turn to Devonta Freeman and have him just kind of be the at least attempt to be the road grader, you know. And because Coleman's your, Coleman's your guy that, like he did last week, he's going to catch it on the sideline and take it up the field. Yeah, and that that was kind of interesting for me. He got 13 touches, and and while his rushing was not great, he averaged 2.8 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. He did have those um, uh, five receptions, right, for almost 100 yards. He That's averaged 19 right. yards per reception. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that one that one reception was huge. But for some reason, Devontae Freeman no is doubt. still listed as the third down back. <sighs> yeah, well, well, I think that's just someone that's not updating the, the chart. It's and, and make no make no mistake. It's it's an it's a running back by committee in that in, in Atlanta now. And now and now yeah. And I'll tell you what's really interesting. Um, now, Devontae Freeman, would you would you guess that he had a higher or a lower uh, average yards per rush? I would guess that he had higher, but because you're asking, I'm assuming he had yeah. lower. <laughs> Tevin Coleman, like I told you, averaged 2.8. Yeah. Um, uh, Devontae Freeman averaged 1.8. Uh-huh. And Devontae Freeman had one fewer catch for 75 fewer yards. Well, I think that's I think that speaks though to the front line in Tampa Bay. You know, they're able to get penetration, which is weird because like I said earlier, Tampa Bay is mediocre as far as a run defense, which means that the passes to the outside or the um, uh, the tosses to the outside, they're not getting people in the second the second level to stop people in time to keep well, from racking it up. What gets me is that Devontae Freeman, the reason he was so hot last year was not just because he see his his rushing was you know pedestrian last mm-hmm. year. It was it was you know what you would expect. He didn't blow the roof off your you know off your yep. house or whatever it is. I don't know <laughs> what that expression is. What is that expression? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what an expression is. Um, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, so anyways, he didn't he didn't he didn't didn't go crazy, but he got you with the receiving mm-hmm. and. Tevin Coleman's getting on the receiving this year, and he's doing more with it. So I think Tevin Coleman's going to end up being that running back. You have a lot of owners who drafted Devontae Freeman in the first round. Who are Whoa, weak. no, I absolutely agree with that. I, I, I have <laughs> whoever, t- whoever took um, uh, Devontae Freeman in the first three rounds. I, I hope that you weren't listening to us. I don't think that we ever put him up that high. No, we did not. Uh, because to me, this whole entire situation screamed running back by a committee, you know, so I was the guy that was aiming to get Tevin Coleman in the ninth and 10th rounds, hoping that, that, you know, RBBC would actually happen. Exactly. So let's, let's move on to wide receivers real quick. Uh, Give me your top five wide receivers. I think it's a very, very vanilla uh, list here. It's uh, Antonio Brown against Cincinnati. (laughs) I think it's, uh, (laughs) it's AJ Green against uh, Pitt. Do you disagree? 
No, I just I just think it's funny to say what. Oh, okay. But it's obvious. <laughs> it's Odell Beckham against New Orleans. <laughs> it's Julio Jones. I was expecting it that time. Nope. <laughs> it's Julio Jones um, uh, against Oakland. And uh, to wrap it up, I, I have a Cooper against Atlanta because, what? like I said, if it's if it's a shootout. So what you're you know, telling me? Gonna get... What you're telling me with that? And I don't know if you realize this. Maybe you have. Is that the top two and then the fourth and the fifth are playing mm-hmm. each other? Yep. Though, yeah, exactly. And so. And but see, now you say Antonio Brown. Obviously, Antonio Brown is is otherworldly good. Mm-hmm. But how can you have D. Will so high and Antonio Brown so high, and then have and have uh, have Ben so low? Yeah. Because Antonio Brown is it. Oh yeah, that's right. And D. Will's gonna get his his points on the ground. Or for quick just passes to get you know the ball out of uh, uh, Big Ben's hands, you know. Right. So that's that's how I view it. I, I, it's going to be yeah. yeah. So so here's where I have a serious issue with your your rankings this week, Luke. Right. Now I'm not I'm not saying that my Washington defense is <laughs> is all star. In fact, uh, you know, I, I will go far as to say they're they're average. They're okay. Uh-huh. But. You have Des Bryant at twenty fourth among right receivers. You know, and it was funny. It was it was hard because um, I I didn't even want to put him there. Not gonna lie, Luke. What the hell? <laughs> well, all right. So no, 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 no. That was that was rhetorical. Oh, okay. What the hell? Okay, well, I mean, explain. I, I think it's I think it's pretty. Uh, I think it's pretty simplistic in all honesty. The reason is because of Dak Prescott. Yeah, but I mean, I think Dak can get Des the ball. He didn't last week. Uh, well, my problem with Dak is that they've shortened the field for him. Right. Uh, they're making all of his passes dump off passes, uh, you know, and uh, you're not going to see a whole lot of throwing it down the field. And so you're going to see a player like Des uh, stretching the field. As a decoy, right? You know how often last year did we have, or not maybe last year per se, but the two years ago, did we see uh, Megatron go out there injured, and we're all like, "Oh, he's finally out there. He's got to be good to go." And then all of a sudden, nothing. <laughs> he gets nothing because he was just the decoy, and you're like, "What?" Well, I would I would say that Dez is going to, you know, Dez has always been a vocal guy, and I think he was obviously upset after last week, and I think they're going to scheme around him. I think they're going to scheme to give him the ball because he's an impact player for them, and it, you know, they lost. Yeah, well, I hope so because he had 25 completions uh, for 227 yards. Yeah, Des Bryant did have that. No, I'm kidding. You're talking no, no. About uh, pre- 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 what did he have? Des Bryant ended up with five targets, one reception for eight yards. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. So that that's why I have him down there. I just, somebody who was who was last year was the number one fantasy receiver, like dynasty receiver. I know. So for so for me, that's why I have him so low. It's it's as soon as they figure out the QB situation, and I'm not saying that they have to move on from Prescott. As soon as Prescott starts to you know get to the point where he can start taking in more, start uh, doing more with his receivers, gets more time with Des and his route tree specifics and everything. I think he'll be fine, but you know, no one should have expected him coming from 
the preseason and walking in and being the savior in Dallas. I did. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I'm not talking about the savior for Dallas. He's a savior in Dallas for Washington. Oh, um, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's talk about some of your rookie and sophomore wide receivers, the less experienced ones. Um, at the back end of your rankings, you've got kind of a weird clump of Tajay Sharp, uh, Kevin White, and, and Corey Coleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sharp is your only Tennessee wide receiver ranked, and I obviously, duh. Uh, right. Kevin White is interesting because you've got Alshon Jeffrey at 10, mm-hmm. um, and then you got Coleman later on. So why are these guys kind of ranked where they are? I, I understand Sharp is going to get a ton of targets. Um, Kevin White, I think, is a raw prospect, but he demonstrated that he could do something last week, mm-hmm. and I honestly didn't follow Coleman at all. Okay. Uh, basically, for me, the first one, Sharp, obviously, he is the wide receiver one there for better or for worse. Uh, yeah. I think he's ready for it. I just don't know if he has enough time with his quarterback uh, to uh, take and go against actual defenses. You know, once again, this was a guy that showed up in the preseason, and he 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 didn't. He was serviceable enough in week one, but if he's the best you got out there, you got some work to do. So right. it's just going to take time there. That's why he's that low. And, you know, besides him, the only other person that I could see myself putting into this top 40-something list would maybe be Richard Matthews later down the road, but he's got to get, you know, decent playing time to do that. The main targets are going to go through Delaney Walker. Absolutely. (laughs) So then you take a look at Kevin White. Kevin White, Alshon Jeffrey last week was obviously the number one. You know, there was no it's going to be Jeffrey or White. You know, they'll each get, you know, 13 targets a game. Uh, No, the the second most targets actually went to Royal, Eddie Royal. Right. Who was a possession receiver, which makes total sense. So with that in mind, it may eat away at White. White's going to be your big play guy, but he may only get five to seven uh, targets a game to do something with. Right. So, and then finally, Coleman. I have Coleman that low because, uh, honestly, I didn't know where to put him. And he's there because I feel that he is, he's got the most talent as of right now as a receiver in Cleveland. Uh, but they're, they're in an influx. RG3. What? Gone, RG third injury? Oh, yeah. Broken, broken, broken. And so he's on IR. Now, the funny thing, though, and um, I, I thought about this the night it happened. Um, but everyone's jumping on this concept is that this is one of the few times where the starting quarterback gets hurt and all of your players actually get a bump. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. But he's nuts. <laughs> it, well, it, it's, it's the stigma of being a running quarterback, though. I mean, yeah. you know, because he was a running quarterback, uh, a Duke was not getting his uh, his chances. Uh, him and Gary Barnage were obviously not on the same page. I mean, Barnage had zero points last he, week. He was he was a ghost, right? Um, you know, so I feel that you bring in Josh McCown, you bring in something that uh, is a little more. And clearly, McCown and Barnage have chemistry. Well, absolutely, and I think that Duke's going to benefit too, and I think Crowell's going to benefit. So I didn't really didn't know where to put Coleman, but I felt that they're going to have to throw to somebody besides a tight end. And so that's where I put Coleman at the end. Uh, he currently is not doing returns unless that changes before the end of the week. Duke Johnson is actually slated to do punt returns. I know. So 
I'm so happy about that. Yeah, well, me, me too. Okay, we're for where I have them and stuff. But yeah, yeah so um, anything else? Wide receivers? No, I think that's it. I'm going to move on to tight ends. Give me your top five. All right, well, obviously, it, now granted, this is barring Gronk being healthy, okay? Oh, so hopefully Gronk is healthy, which is yeah, up in the air. He's practicing again, but just like last week, he practiced and just didn't go with the team. So I have Gronk, then Reed. Uh, sorry, Gronk is with uh, going against Miami. Uh, Jordan Reed is going against Dallas. I think that that's going to be a lot of where you get um, uh, the points for Cousins, by the way, is going to be just feeding through Reed. Um, Travis Kelsey at Houston. Uh, Greg Olson um, against San Francisco. And then Antonio Gates. And this, uh, he's against Jacksonville, which is, you know, not the hardest thing to go against. Uh, but Gates being that high for me, especially after his bad last week, he's just that high because now that uh, Keenan Allen is gone. There's more targets. More targets. Last year, two players benefited when Allen went down. Antonio Gates and Woodhead. Danny yep. Woodhead. And I, ex- I expect a, that to be the same now. I'm a, I'm a Danny Woodhead owner in several leagues. I'm really happy about it. Um but, yeah, so I noticed something about your tight end rankings. You have Dwayne Allen ranked at 11, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of low to me considering last week. Mm-hmm. And now who are, who are the Colts playing? Oh, they're, they're playing the Broncos. Right. And so don't you kind of expect that Andrew Luck, given his porous offensive line, is going to need to dump off a lot and that Dwayne Allen will be in a lot because <laughs> – Did you notice where I put T.Y. Hilton? He's at 27. Oh, yeah, I know. Did you, I, did you notice where I put Moncrief? He's at 32. I know. I almost wrote <laughs> um, your question about it. But but I'll tell you, what I think is going to happen, and feel free to disagree, is, um, and I know you will, um, is that Dwayne Allen is going to be in on a lot of downs as a blocking tight end, but it'll also be there's a safety valve. So if the play breaks down, Luck throws it to him, dumps off, Dwayne Allen does what he can. I think in PPR, Dwayne Allen's going to be a beast, and in standard, he's going to get a ton of yardage too. Mm. Um, well, the problem that I see is that Dwayne Allen's going to be your blocking tight end, and you're going to see Jack Doyle pop off on the side and be the receiving tight end. Now, they have been running more two tight end sets, and Jack Doyle did get uh, right. a couple of touchdowns, but I think that was isolated. I think Dwayne Allen was looking mm-hmm. – Andrew Luck looked for Dwayne Allen more. Um, and that, which is true, which is, which is true. Because Dwayne Allen's physical tools make him not just a good blocking tight end, but also a receiving tight end. Correct. And, and, yeah, and Doyle's, uh, yeah. So I, I, I agree in that sense. Um, but for me, at uh, having him at 11, I'm looking at uh, Julius Thomas did well last week. Right. You know, uh, Jason Witten seemed to be the, uh, the valve that was needed for uh, Dak Prescott last week at points. Uh, I'd rather have Lenny Walker than Dennis Allen. Uh, Dennis Ebron. Allen? You just said Dennis Allen. Oh, my, my age. Dwayne Allen. <laughs> Dude, come right. on. You're not that old. That's what I get for watching NFL Network. I'm going to show all those old shows. Seriously, dude. What the <laughs> heck? So, yeah, but I'd rather have Ebron. Yeah, I mean, me too. You but know, I'd rather have Gary Barnage with Josh McCown. What I'll, what I'll say is that, oh. that Dwayne Allen... And, and you know, I'm going to take a, do a humble brag for our podcast real quick. Dwayne Allen is somebody that you and I were telling a lot of people to pick up. 
Oh yeah, I'm, that I am not saying. I'm just saying this is going to be a bad week for him. Oh I'm no no, saying, no 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 no. What I mean is like he did well last week and he's going to be a good. I, I'd say top twelve tight end this week. Oh, I mean, not a top twelve tight end this year. Oh no, uh, I, I totally agree. I, I think I, I honestly think do. at this point he's going to um uh, beat out a Kobe Fleener. Yeah, I mean, well, Kobe Fleener is going to be terrible. I never trusted Kobe Fleener. Um, but I, I think that for our podcast, that that's good. We should give ourselves a pat on the back for that. <laughs> yeah, good. I had a lot of people write to me this week saying good call on Dwayne Allen. So that's good. To throw that out there. Anyway, so well, that that's your rankings again, folks. For the fourth time, you can view these rankings on Twitter at intentional underscore g. Uh, that's that is Luke's Twitter for this podcast. Um, we're gonna go ahead after the break and dive into some mailbag. Hey guys, this is Luke Bisson from Intentional Grounding, the podcast you're more than likely listening to right now. And uh, I just want to take a minute real quick to uh, talk about our uh, title apparel sponsor, Savage, the ultimate apparel company. Uh, This company, they've been killing the jersey game for sports teams around the country, and their branded merchandise has some serious flavor. Uh, with both national and local level partnerships among a variety of sports, including uh, football, soccer, ultimate frisbee, disc golf, I love disc golf, uh, dodgeball, quidditch, and and, and some more, uh, they're ready to get you into the gear you need. Savage produces brand and customizable apparel for the active lifestyle, and you need to check them out because they're offering right now an exclusive coupon code just for our listeners so that you can get 15% off. Use the coupon code WookieTD at www.savageultimate.com to get some awesome new gear. And if you don't see something that you like, they've got a fully customizable option section to get you exactly what you need. So stay tuned because from Intentional Grounding the podcast you know that you're listening to uh there's going to be some exclusive like merchandise coming soon so don't forget wookie td saves you 50 percent off at www.savageultimate.com go check it out today and we're back so folks um, at this point, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of, it's sort of like a mailbag segment, not really, ish, mm-hmm. it, it ish, it's an ish mailbag segment. Um, the first thing we, Luke and I want to touch on is our personal targets for waivers this week. Now, waivers have already run in most of your leagues. However, you might have some guys that didn't get picked up that you want to add in free agency. Now, Luke, who is one guy that you're trying to get in waivers this week? Pick your favorite. My favorite guy is probably Eli Rogers. Uh, hands down, just because, especially if I'm in a PPR league, because uh, he's a slot receiver, and he is the only thing that seems to be worth anything out in uh, in in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, because I mean that Antonio Brown guy stinks. Yeah, well, you know you you have Antonio Brown, but I mean the ball has to go <laughs> other places. And I think what really helps Eli Rogers stand out is the fact that Jesse James is the uh, tight end right now, mm-hmm. and so Eli Rogers uh, kind of becomes that de facto tight end uh, safety blanket. Well, you know James did to get seven targets. He did absolutely. He did. Um, uh, I yeah, I don't I don't like Jesse James coming week. Yeah. So um, my my waiver waiver wire target. It's not actually a particular player, but rather it's a piece of advice. 
So in your dynasty leagues right now, folks, mm-hmm. you got people who are trying to win it all. And so they're going to go out there then they're going to grab those players that are blowing up right now trying to trying to make an impact. And they're going to drop players that are going to be useful to your team. And you're going to pay attention to that because you're going to claim those players off of waivers. Yeah. And later on, once that that short-sighted contending team doesn't win, you're going to trade those players back to them. And they'll be like, please, give me back my player. And you'll be like, I want a first. And they'll be like, yes, anything. Just give me him back. You know, I did that same exact thing uh, with D'Angelo Williams last year. Okay. Uh, he ran his two games that he played and everything before uh, Le'Veon Bell came back, and the owner dropped him, and I picked him up for a buck, and I turned that buck into a first-round draft pick. Wow. Did he at least turn it into a ship? Uh, no, I actually ended up beating him in the playoffs. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, it was, that's horrible. It was, it, was, it was beautiful. No, I got, I, got, I, got, I got destroyed the week after, but you know, it, was just, it was poetic justice, kind of, sort of. So yeah, guys, pay attention to your waiver wires these couple these next couple of weeks because good players will be dropped. So yeah, stashes. absolutely. And honestly, um, if we're talking straight up dynasty and everything, I think the play right now is to go and offer three pieces uh, for Keenan Allen. Yeah. Uh, offer your second. Offer a lower end, a wide receiver, maybe wide receiver three. And then offer something else like a backup running back, or if you're an IDP, offer a uh, linebacker. Try to get it done. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, uh, personally, I wouldn't do it. I think Keenan Allen's going to come back. What? And <laughs> I mean, as I said earlier, his injuries, as gruesome as they you know have been the past two years, have both been more freak accident than soft tissue issues. Right. And uh, so I expect him to come back and destroy the lead or whatever. But, you know, try to buy him. Destroy them. Anyway, so um, now let's move on to some streaming options. Just give me give me two streaming options at each position this week. All right. Well, uh, this, uh, what, I, what, I, the, what I did um, is I, I honestly I didn't stream. Why, I didn't give anything for a wide receiver or running back because how I build my team. You've got those in depth anyways. Yeah. You know, I like I'm the guy that if there's twenty spots, sixteen of them were split between those two. And then I have one quarterback, one tight end, one defense, and one kicker. So yeah, tell me about your quarterback, tight end, defense, and kicker then. Alright, I got those in spades. Now, uh first of all, uh Trevor Simeon. You know, he 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 looked he looked aight, you know. He 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 aight. Yeah, but he's going against the 29th-ranked um, uh, pass defense of Indy. So uh, I think that I think he could do something there. And then Carson Wentz, he's going against 17th-ranked Chicago. And, you know, if if it wasn't just all emotion because he was uh, <laughs> he was moved on from uh, from uh, Cleveland and everything in the draft, if, if it was actually him playing, I think that he's going to walk into Chicago and be like, hello. <laughs> and, uh, and do something else. So those are my two guys at quarterback. Um, at tight end, uh, CJ Uzma, uh, because Tyler Croft apparently still is not around. Um, yeah. and he is going against 26th ranked Pitt when it comes to uh, pass defense. So that may be good. And then Dennis Pitta. 
uh, with Ben Watson being injured, Dennis Pitta seems to be the guy in Baltimore, and he's going against uh, 23rd-ranked Cleveland. Okay, so mine, I've got, I'm going to say, um, uh, I'm going to go out there and say Matt Ryan. Um, okay. And Matt Ryan is going against Oakland, and Matt Ryan's ownership percentage, at least on ESPN leagues, is about 40%. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oakland is ranked 30th, 31st against the past, I believe, somewhere right, right around there. Okay. Um, and then I would also go out there and take a look at Sam Bradford. Um, good old Sammy has been listed as a starter. Uh, and uh, against Green Bay for Minnesota this week. And now uh, Green Bay and Minnesota always play each other hard. Mm-hmm. So I think Sam Bradford has a good shot there. Although Green Bay does have the 12th ranked um, uh, pass defense, I think that in a deeper league, Bradford could get you some good old points. Yeah, I, I, I like that one a lot. Uh, it's very apparent now that Bradford is starting. And even though it is against Green Bay, um, Bradford's got some weapons. He's, he know, does. He's, he's got Diggs. He's got uh, Rudolph if Rudolph can stay healthy as the tight end, you know. And he's got this uh, this guy Laquan Treadwell that uh, is supposed to be pretty good. Laquan Treadwell. Who is that guy? <laughs> I know. What have now, you done for me lately? Now, so my my tight end streamer is actually Virgil Green. Mm-hmm. Um, Virgil Green. Uh, he had five targets last week against. Uh, Carolina caught four of them for 28 yards, so that wasn't that wasn't exactly um, a lot. Of yeah, well, the, the one that he didn't catch was a t- was a touchdown in the end zone, and it wasn't yeah. his fault. So I mean, it was just deflected. So he almost had he almost had some good points. Yeah, and you got to remember Green and Julius Thomas back when Julius Thomas was a beast for Denver. They came on the same draft class, um, and. Uh, Green is super athletic. In fact, he was tagged as the go-to tight end for them. It's just that Thomas showed up sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, so Green is an incredible blocker. He was a blocker on 61% of his snaps. Um, but he provides a great security blanket for Trevor Simeon. So he's going to be out there a lot. Um, and then Vance McDonald um, out of San Francisco. He, uh, he, he does have a good chemistry. I think he's going to be a tight end, too. Uh, he got, I think he got a touchdown last week. Yeah. He mm. had two catches for a um, 14 yards, and one of those was a touchdown. So while he's not going to get high volume, he does. He's a big presence in the end zone. So I think that uh, Blaine Gabbert looks for him. So that's my two there. And um, defense, just, just pick one. I mean. All right, well, the two that I have, honestly, are at Baltimore and Detroit. I think those are two pretty easy ones going into this week. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore is going against 28th-ranked Cleveland, and Detroit is going against the 32nd-ranked uh, Tennessee Titans, which is funny because uh, it's Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, I would say the Eagles. Um, uh, the Eagles are going up against uh, – who are the Eagles going up against? Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, Chicago is slightly better, but uh, Chicago didn't really show up last week as very much. So I would say that uh, Chicago is going to be uh, not that hard for the Eagles. Yeah, that's all I got because I mean, the other one I was considering might be the Browns. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't do that. I don't trust them. Now I do like some pieces on the Browns. So if you're playing yeah. IDP, you know, Carl uh, Nassib, I really like him. Uh, yeah, Demario Davis and Kurt Kersky, the uh, guys who play uh, inside linebacker, both looked really good. Um, there was a couple of guys that I, <laughs> I, I'm keeping my eye on for sure. 
So now, uh, do you have any more mailbag for us before we go into our survivor picks? Uh, just real quick, uh, kickers real fast. I got two of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Will Lutz, who is currently the 12th uh, ranked kicker in the league, is going against uh, the Giants, who is the 32nd ranked for against kickers. I guess he allowed they allowed the most points to a kicker last week. Congratulations, Giants. And then also uh, Jason Myers, who is the 4th ranked uh, from uh, Jacksonville, I believe. And he's going against, yeah, Jacksonville, going against San Diego, and they're the 22nd ranked against kickers. So... Those are two guys. And then uh, the last thing is the uh, survivor pick of the week. And uh, this is being brought up because uh, there's a couple. I've been asked, I've been asked twice today uh, about survivor leagues and who I picked. And last week I, I got out by taking Tampa Bay in all five of my leagues. So I lucked out there. Um, yeah. This week, though, I feel a little more secure in my pick. I am going to go with Detroit. Over oh, the Titans. Yep, uh, and that's because this is one of the few times, even though Detroit's been looking really good, it's one of the few times that they're favored to uh, win, and I want to make sure to, um, I, I go again, a lot of people go with the rule, you know, you want to just live the next week, so you want to take your New Englands, your your uh, your Saints, whatever. Um, I'm the kind of guy that I want to try to get my first three to four games with people that are situational so that way I start three to four games later with going with the obvious ones so that I can try to ride them that just that much longer yeah this week sucks for that yeah um, I, I agree well I'm telling you it's either Detroit or Baltimore and um, the last time Flacco played against Cleveland Cleveland won yeah so Detroit's the choice for me I am I am not confident in any of these Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens over your Browns. All right. That's, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I feel those are the two, uh, you know, best options, what you're looking at. I just went with Detroit because I was actually, I was, I was a heartbeat away from taking the jets over the bills, but I decided not to. And it, it's so hard, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's like Fitzpatrick is horrible playing against, um, uh, Buffalo. Well, Buffalo's O-line is horrible playing football. Yeah, well... Like, I honestly think that I could take down Buffalo's O-line single-handedly right now. Mm-hmm. Of course, I could not catch Tyrod, because Tyrod is a beast, but... Yeah, well, and then the, the last thing that I have on my list here is there was a question for uh, people that are currently on IR, though you should target to grab in your... They're on, Jeez. like, IR, PUP, and stuff like that. And the only two guys that I look through the list, the only two that I would sit there besides the obvious Brady, Livion Bell is uh, Kenneth Dixon or Darren McFadden. Jesus, I haven't even thought about this. Um, let me see. I got. I would say Deion Lewis and Tyler Eifert, but they're probably already taken. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are my two big ones, honestly. Deion Lewis might not be taken. And he's worth a stash if you got two slots. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, 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 <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So yeah. Week week two is upon us. I uh, I expect my teams to go about seventy five percent win, and I expect the Browns to lose. So good. Me too. I'm hoping to do for my survivor pick. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you do. <laughs> and uh, we get one week closer to Brian owing me a pizza because Deion Lewis is not going to be an RB one. Well, that is true. Man, you know what? I gotta look back and see what all those bets were. Um, Trust me, you're, you just just assume you lost them all, so I get all the pizza. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I, I, I I'm losing a couple. Hey, I you guess. know you know who showed up this past week? Who's that? Brian Quick. Oh yeah, and you know who didn't show up? Who? Kenny Bell. Uh, I know. You know why? Because he got cut. <laughs> He's on his couch. 
So I think I've already won that one. <laughs> yeah, you won that one. I'm just waiting to the end of the season to figure out how many I won versus lost. So I know like what the what the, I gotta get my abacus out and figure it out. Like, I, got, okay. I got literally like I have two in the bag right now. Uh-huh, just well, after one week. Yeah, well, you had you had one in the bag from uh from me as soon as Kenny Bell got dropped because I knew as soon as he got dropped he wasn't gonna get picked up anywhere else. Yep. Oh, God, I, was just, was... I was just waiting for Brian, Brian Quick to catch one pass for like all had to do was two yards. They're like, ah, oh, uh, I lost. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, just to just to wrap this up, folks, you've been incredibly wonderful, and I hope you have a great week too. Um, no matter whether you win, lose, or draw. Uh, and so you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at GroundingFF. You can follow Luke on Twitter for the sixth time. He is at Intentional underscore G. Uh, you can also follow our sometime co-host, Jojo. He's at Jojo L. Mags. Hey, Jojo. Hey, Jojo. Shout out to Jojo, our boy. Um, and uh, you can write us with any questions you have at... at uh, no, it, you can write us with any questions you have. The email address is IntentionalGroundingFF at gmail.com. What's that, Luke? I want to say at now. <laughs> uh, intentional grounding at ff at gmail.com. One more time. Intentional grounding ff at gmail.com. Intentional grounding ff at gmail.com. So, that's, that's uh, and also, if you are inclined to get new um, apps and whatnot, we are, you can follow us on the, the Anchor app um, you, just by following Fantasy Football because we're awesome. Uh, and Luke will be getting a handle as well, and we'll release that. So um, without further ado, uh, thank you all so very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Sounds good. It's great to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.